Thanks for tuning in to the Manifesto podcast brought to you by the UNBSJ Politics Society. I'm your host, Logan Cook. pre-COVID and I was the moderator like I, I sat up beside him and, and took questions and, and asked him a few questions so I was in a room that I probably doesn't exist anymore because of the renovations they did to the pizza place yeah where the old bar was at um, yeah is it called Colonel Tucker's yeah um, everyone misses it fun fact yeah I so anyway so I, that's the deepest I've been in there and it was but it was really neat like it was kind of a room I don't know, There's a, there was, like, some of his staffers there, and just seeing them interact before an event and seeing him kind of act on... I, like, because I had already always thought from the outside he seemed... He presented a pretty, like, vanilla persona. Not that he was wild and crazy behind the scenes. And then, like... And then when he when we got out there for the, the event, like, he was just totally on, on talking points. Mm. So I'm mentioning him because his, his book came out. Yeah, have you read it? No. Do you plan on reading it? Yeah. 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 Me too. Logan, you? You Maybe. can say no. <laughs> Maybe. I don't really know. It's, yeah. Bill Monroe was never my I was never his biggest fan. Mm. I don't do a lot of books on, I guess, they're not on tape anymore, but I feel like a memoir, if you're going to, like, that's a that's a good opportunity. Like me- audio books, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't do a lot of audio books. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember a long drive from here back to Ontario listening to, I think it was Tina Fey's audiobook. Mm. Um, yeah, especially, well, I, not that Bill Mor- Morneau would be as charismatic as Tina Fey. I wonder if he would narrate it. Because Jody listened to Rebuild, I listened, I've read her book three times. Oh, she did. She, she, I listened to it one time and she, and narrates, she narrated it. Yeah. If the author narrates an audiobook, it can like make or break the audiobook. In all honesty. Yeah, I haven't listened to enough to hear. Yeah, because I think. I, oh, I listened to. I think we listened to Obama's or Bill Clinton's. I don't know. Obama's. I listened to his. It was like forty-five hours long. Yeah, I don't think it was. I think we did Clinton. Okay. Which, Obama's was crazy. This is super weird, but I listen to audiobooks before I go to sleep, and they're all like poli sci books. And they're all memoirs, and I'll, like, wake up in the middle of the night, and I'll never forget this, because I was listening to Barack Obama's, and he was talking about capturing bin Laden, and I, like, woke up in the middle of the night, and they were like, and we got him. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. And, like, it went to, like, detail of, like, yeah, I don't need to go into detail of that, but I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't listen to these. I I do have audio, like, I had a subscription to audio, Audible for a few months so I do have audio, audio books hmm. and I do I do use them to fall asleep like yeah. I've been listening to the same book about the Republican <laughs> Party yeah for probably years now really it sounds really interesting but, but I it fall puts asleep. you to sleep speaking sh- of which I had a student okay so let me say first that 
I know it can be tough to stay awake in classes. Like I even the, our like in general or poli sci classes. Anything, okay. anything. I in my first in person meeting, um, so maybe last semester, we were our first in person presentation on campus. Um, it was a charismatic speaker talking about like an important subject. It was the middle of the day. Like this was not first thing. Um, I hadn't even eaten like a big meal or anything, and within half an hour. I was like, I'm going to have to bite my lip. To s- I was nodding off. So trust me. But yesterday morning in class, a student fell. I know no one could Like sleep. physically? No, sorry. Fell asleep. I didn't Oh, <laughs> no, but I was his, like, what? I know no one can see what. He fell asleep. That, so his head was entirely like weekend at Bernie's. Oh. At, I know you don't get pop culture. Stop. But <laughs> weekend at Bernie's. And it was... Because it happened so fast, and it was so, like, it was as, like, if you were going to do a joke, like, I'm going to, like, say if one of my friends came to watch me lecture, yeah. and it's like, I'm going to pretend I'm sleeping. Like, that's how he was positioned. And it was driving me crazy, and I would never call out his, like, I actually saw, I didn't, my friend who works at University of Waterloo sent me a link. Um, there was, like, a shouting match between a professor and a student in a, at a University of Waterloo class. I haven't read it yet, but, like, you... Obviously, I want to avoid anything like that, so I really am conflict averse. But it was making me so angry the whole time, and I just like I've done. I think maybe both of you have seen me do this, where I'm just like I'm not upset, but I'm gonna start talking louder, everyone. And that's what, like I was I wasn't yelling in my lecture, but mm-hmm. I was talking pretty loud. Sorry. I like how crazy profs can get. Like some profs, I find. Some profs are, like, not very personable, and, like, they'll just lecture and really don't care if you're not paying attention. And then other profs will, like, straight up call you out if they see you, like, talking to anybody else. Yeah. It's, it's a fine line. Like, I have had to tell people to stop chatting. Yeah. Um, it feels weird because uh, it's just we're all adults. Yeah. Uh, and it's ba- I feel like it's the same if you were doing it at, like, an, at, like an event with adults. Yeah. Like, like saying, like, excuse me, uh, you know, people are trying to listen. So... Uh, I, I'm probably bad at it. I, I actually think I've had comments in the past where students were annoyed that I wasn't, like, there was chatty students near them. Yeah. And I wasn't calling them out. Again, it could just be my conflict-averse nature, which, that, but, um, I don't know. You know what, though? The last two, um, I haven't had chatty groups and classes in a while. I feel like when you're, not to, like, diss on first years, but I was much more chatty in my first year. Well, like, because you're, like, figuring out, like, you're trying to make friends, like, you're kind of talking to anybody. I think, too, like, I, I did not have a good undergraduate experience. I think, too, like, if you have that friend, like, it's a huge deal. Like, a, mm-hmm. you're like, what what can we talk about next? And if there's, like, even a small break the professor gives you. Yeah. Like, and you might even, not, that's, like, I remember, like, I wouldn't even be thinking about what the lecture was about. I was like, what am I going to say when there's, like, this next break? <laughs> No, I, rem- I still remember. I, we didn't keep in touch because I don't know if he's on Facebook or not. But Because I, 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 I went to university in the same like city. I, like, I was living with my parents. Yeah. And Howie, who introduced me to these like cool bands and stuff. And like I would get so excited when we were in classes together. And it was that dynamic. So I, I actually really like it when I walk into a class and there's a lot of chatter. Mm. Which sometimes doesn't. Which a lot of times doesn't happen. Like you can walk, mm-hmm. like you can walk into a class. There's like no one talking at all, and you think like, Ooh, like 
where are we going to get any energy if they're they're not already talking like I think it's helpful if people are already know each other and obviously as you guys see like as you go through this like here because we're smaller and we don't have a ton of majors that in political science that that dynamic can happen yeah I remember my first year like I'm from Moncton so I knew nobody coming to St. John yeah. and like I hated walking into classes because everyone from that grew up with each other that was from the same high school like sit down together and I would just sit there awkwardly and be like hmm or, like, props would be, like, turn to the person next to you, and everyone around me would, like, look in the opposite direction. Yeah, partnering off. And you'd be like, oh, okay, this is so awkward. Yeah. Yeah, it's, t- it's tough, and it's tough for, like, a campus like ours, as you said, a lot of students who grew up together and know each other. Um, but, yeah. So you did, you have never been this far in this building. <laughs> I'm really, so this is, like, an intriguing question. Have you had the white bone pizza? Yeah, I have. Did you like it? Yeah, I think it... Are you allowed to say if you don't like it? No, I just... I haven't had it... Um, I live... I'm living a very uh, off-campus... Like, I work from home a lot right now, and I'll blame our one-year-old dog, Betty. Mm. Um, like, even this morning, the reason I was late, I thought we were at 10, and then I was... Like, I took her to the park already Stop. to go for a run. And so... Um, like, when I worked, which was a very different experience. And also, we have children. Yeah. But not Betty and I. My, my <laughs> uh, So, when I worked at Guelph, before I was here, I was on... Um, so, this was from 2008 to 2012. I was on con- contract in the department. So, I would teach this one class, like the, the, like the intro class here. The intro to Canadian government and politics. And then a few times I had to fill in for, like, emergency medical leaves, which was crazy. Because mm. it would be like, I, I get, and I'm a new instructor at this point, and I get an email saying, like, can you take over this third-year class? It's week six. Oh, my gosh. And, start, and you have to fill in next week. And, like, the syllabus is already written for Everything. you. Like, you're just, oh, gosh. It was, it was wild. And you're walking in, and students like, why do they trust you? You're like this, you know. <laughs> um, but I worked full-time in the writing center. And I was very on campus. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially if you work in the writing center, um, like, it'd be, like, here, like, going to, like, I was in all the different buildings, going, which helped me with my teaching a lot because I would go into, like, any old course and have to talk for an hour about how to write an essay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the profs wouldn't let the students know. And you'd walk into, oh. like, a 300-person classroom. And they'd be like, oh, I came to this night class to write a, like, this joker tell me how to write a paper. Um... But I knew that campus really well because, like, I was there nine. Yeah. We didn't have kids. Like, we like there was um, there was like a, a good grad pub on campus. Like, I think I've I've been here ten years, and I think I've had three beers on campus. Oh my gosh! One was at the Polysiphon. One was there, and I I, I think I would have had one at Colonel Tucker's, but mm. that seemed like a ghost town, from what I. Yeah, it was. Love you, SRC. Thank you for our funding, just as a heads up. But the white bone is really dead. Like, really dead. I think they expected more. Like, at all times, or? Yeah, I mean, it's let. They put a pool table and a foosball table in there. But, like, I expected it to be kind of like a bump in place on the weekend. Yeah, it's, it's like, again, I'm not going to. It was open during COVID, too. Like, I feel like this year is, like, very interesting because it's a lot more, like, 
campus, at least for me personally, like I just see a lot more people well, around. opening the new residence, like I asked someone, aren't like 400 students living on campus now? Yeah. I yeah. mean, that makes it, that's the, I think that's the only way you're going to like build campus life is people yeah. actually living here. Mm-hmm. Because living off camp, like, you know, you just think it's, a, the campus is in such a weird spot. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, we talked about that in our urbanization class with Dr. MM. Middle of nowhere. Literally in the middle of nowhere. If you don't have a car, it's so awkward. Oh yeah. yeah. So awkward. Like, yeah. this is so depressing. But like, I have a car now, so thank you. <laughs> like, I'm happy about it. I didn't have a car last year, and Omicron was going crazy. Yeah. And like, this nurse in residence was like, "Oh, like the safest place is UMB because we have the best like COVID policies." I did not leave campus for three months. Yeah, that that was. It was the most depressing time of my life. Yeah, I can imagine. Because I mean, you can only make the trek, the half an hour walk to Jean Couteau. I really liked how you pronounced that. I um, that's the one thing about this part of town, is it takes you to that. That drugstore is a bit of a Hmm. a wild ride. Hmm. Do they have Jean Couteaus outside of New Brunswick? In Quebec. Okay, so not in Ontario. No. Okay. It's a Quebec company. But you know what? From Ontario is here now. That actually pizza, pizza. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the Baron is gonna write an article about that because this guy came in. He was like, "I'm from Ontario. This is the biggest day of my life. Pizza, pizza (laughs) is in St. John." It's not. And I was like, "It's not. It's not that good. It's it's average. It's it's a generic. It's like." Little Caesars. Yeah, Domino's. I mean, it's a Okay, chain. so Logan Bishop described it as, like, couture Little Caesars. Like, a little bit better than Little Caesars. I don't know. It's... I'm not a pizza snob. Um, like, I know people go crazy for, like, wood oven pizzas. Um, mm. Which I guess we have here, right? It's really not good. I'm not going to... No, but it, that's how they cook it, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Hopefully better, like other places cook it better. But, um... I'm really crapping on the pizza. I don't know. I, I find that the pizza landscape in New Brunswick that is different from Ontario, especially larger cities in Ontario, is there would be so many kind of, like, no-name, random pizza joints. Okay. And especially as a student. And they'd have weird names that I think would be lost in translation, like one-for-one pizza oh. and two-for-one pizza, which I guess you could make Both two separate... Locations. The whole idea is, that, yeah, two different franchises, but but and I guess the point of it both is like, say you pay fifteen bucks and get two pizzas. Like, I find, I think cheap pizza's dead. I don't know if that's here, but like back in Ontario, like you could get. I don't know. I feel like if you're getting two pizzas now, you're paying forty dollars. Yeah, inflation yeah. maybe. No, I'm not. I'm not even going down the inflation because I think that I've I've thought that since we moved here. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, somebody that, like, this guy that I was talking to from Ontario with Pizza Pizza, he was like, you can buy, he said it was, like, greasy, like, New York pizza that you would, like, find on the street. <laughs> I. But he also said it was really exciting for students because apparently they sell it by the slice. But Julius Uptown, like, I had a slice uptown at Julius Pizza. Mm. That's why the slice. Nick it's really incredible. recommends that pizza. It's awesome. And tonight... I'm I, like the, my day's kind of planned around going to the west side near the end of the day to get Romanos to take back to the valley, mm. which is incredible pizza. And you get the bonus nub on the top in the middle. What do you mean, nub? It's like a nub of dough that's cooked. Whoa. Whoa. 
And there, it reminds me of, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the show, something Chef. <laughs> Japanese and a guy would take a bite out of a red pepper at the start. Like it was one of the first really popular cooking shows maybe 20 years ago. You guys are too young. I am 21, so. Yeah. Wow. But, um, yeah, I, you know, having talked about Pizza Pizza, like I haven't had Pizza Pizza in a long time. Would so, you go back? Like, Yeah, I'm going to go. Well, there's one in the, they're opening one in the Valley. Yeah, I was just going to say. They have, they, they've opened up in the last few months Salvatore Pizza, which I think is a Quebec chain. Yeah. Um, Domino's and Pizza Pizza, all I've, within um, like a fo- almost a football throw of each other. Oh, really? Yeah. Hampton Road, baby. Yeah. I've also heard that a Popeye's is coming to St. John. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't have strong feelings on Popeye's. The only thing I really know about Popeyes is that it was crazy when it opened in Halifax. They yeah. opened one in Moncton, which like looks really small for like the size that you would expect, and it was like lined down the road, like probably still is. Yeah, the food franchise I'm kind of obsessed with. Which, so speaking of the, like different spots in the Maritimes, there one is at in Dartmouth Crossing is Quiznos. Oh, yeah. There's one in Moncton. Yeah, yeah, which I haven't found yet. So because that, I, I don't think it exists anymore in, in Ontario. Quiznos then, is really good. And there was one outside of Ottawa, and they kept everything. But the, it was like, sorry, again, pop culture reference. It's like in Coming to America, the McDowell's, I think it's restaurant. It's the family of the love interest of Eddie Murphy's character. Okay. Like, it's, everything looks like McDonald's, but they call it McDowell's. Okay. McDonald's, I can't remember. And... Uh, so this place, like, like they had the Quiznos napkins, like everything, but the the name was, and it started with a Q, but it was just like a, I can't remember the word, but it was like a bit off. Oh. But they and they still oh. made it, and it was amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know why Quiznos failed in Ontario. I, I like Quiznos. This is super weird, but they make like a nine inch sub. Yeah. In yeah. between a six inch and like a foot long, and I'm. But also, like, that reminded me of, like, those places where, like, after the invasion in Ukraine, all of those, like, chains, like, pulled out of Russia, mm. and they're, like, kind of, like, copycatting with, like, a Russian name, essentially. Oh, like, yeah, have you yeah. seen those, like, yeah. things about McDonald's that, like, they just basically, like, slapped a sticker on, like, all of McDonald's sauces? Yeah. Actually, speaking of chains, I think, I don't know if you've seen the commercial. I don't know if it's only on Raptors games, but there's, uh, Burger King has a double cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Which is like uh, were we, we talked about, this, about in this in class, and I think it's only available till the twenty sixth, which is coming up. But I feel like you have to be like in a certain mood <laughs> to but, go, like to go get a double cheeseburger from Burger King. But like you need to explain to the audience, like the listeners, how it actually is made because it's like a modified sub bun with two burgers. Yeah, it's but like side a, by side, like it's a long side. burger. It's not burgers sitting on top of each other. Yeah, it's, sit, it's sitting side by side. It's a long burger. Yeah, we had a debate in class on how you would eat that. Like, if you would eat it like a sub, like I think from one like end to sub. the other. Like my, you would have to. I think I was just trying to be um, silly. Okay. Just like trying like to, to like. To fire, fire students up. Okay. Yeah, yesterday. So I've moved to, because the first year class is pretty big. I think we're going to take attendance in the middle of class instead of the end, because mm-hmm. it's a lot of names. And then I've introduced a palate cleanser. Oh. And there's, I found this, I don't know how. Oh, I'm reading a book about progressive rock, and there's a Dutch band called Focus, and they have a song called Hocus Pocus, and it's like, the, like you just have to look it up, um, and just give it a minute, because where it goes is 
is an unreal place. And you play this in the middle of class? It's an 80-minute class. And, like... Okay. How many... Like, I, all first years, mostly, too? Pretty much, I would say. And yeah. it's just, like... I don't know. It's easy to be talking about something that you become so familiar with, but you realize, like, this is their first time, and, like, I might be yelling Mikel Jean's name, but who mm. cares to them? Like, so... To have a break. Like, listening for that long. That's a long time to listen to someone. In high school, I had a teacher who was obsessed with, like, Acadian culture. And she would play an Acadian song in the middle of class every day to just, like, pump did us up. Did you like that? Um, I did because, weirdly, little secret about me, my uncle was, like, a famous Acadian, like, oh, cool. bass player. So, like, half of it was his stuff. That's a blind spot for me. Okay, actually, French, like, and Acadian. The, the one... I say the band that I like that sings the most French is a band called Stereo Lab that's been around since the 90s. So they probably have a bunch of CDs out in there, I bet, because they, they were a popular college. Well, they're still Are they there. from Quebec? No, French, uh, France and England oh. and America. Yeah, so, and a bunch of their, actually they have political songs in French, oh. which are awesome. Maybe I'll play one in class. You should. They were, uh, they are, they're still good. They're like very, like, left wing, mm. um, but pretty popular in like indie college rock i'm not gonna lie acadian music is kind of really good like it really if you're acadian you grew up with it like it really puts you in the mood i'm guessing it's like folky guitars fiddles yeah and spoons are a big thing Spoons. like i remember growing up my grandparents like teaching us how to play spoon yeah but there's actually so this is a crazy story to the listeners we were reading a book in constitutional politics called The Incomplete Conquest of Canada. And were you expecting the debate that happened? When no, but that was class? great because it's, I think, like, similar to, you know, my our children are Maritimers, Betty's a Maritimer, but I'll always be from away. So I think I'll mm. always have a uh, central Canada outlook at something. I think I'm shedding it a fair bit. Um, but... Uh, it was great to get that perspective. Uh, so again, to fill in the audience <laughs> in the in the in this uh, in the first couple chapters of this book by Peter Russell, uh, a, a number of students thought the depiction of the expulsion of Acadians was not yeah. necessarily properly uh, portrayed. Yeah. Okay. So I thought of this because there's a really popular Acadian band called Deset Sank on Sank, 1755, which is like a re- okay. reclamation of like, because that was when Acadians were deported. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I need to, uh, yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I have not had much exposure. I mean, you also live in St. John. Like, I was telling Logan, I was at the Y yesterday, and the girl sitting, like, was like, next to me at the locker and she was speaking French and I literally turned to her and I was like whoa it was the second time I had ever heard somebody speaking French casually in St. John in the three years that I've lived here did you speak French did you say well in French yeah whoa <laughs> no like I was like oh my gosh and she was like no I'm from up north but I got a job in St. John and I was like nobody speaks French here and she was like I know it's kind of crazy so we had a cottage one week this was our and it was around Acadian Day um it's south of Chediac what's the really nice beach that I think people forget about or maybe it's not forgetting about maybe it's coming from here and there's like a, a canteen and you oh, walk through oh um, oh, um oh, oh is in the 
like low is in the yeah. water is in the name. I was there this summer. Oh crap! I know exactly. So what you're we were. Um, Labuato Beach. Yeah, yeah, incredible. It's a really nice beach. It's beautiful, um, and doesn't have the issues that the main beach up in Chile has. Yeah, right? hardly. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, sorry, I, I didn't see any live music over there, but, like, it felt, it does feel removed. Yeah. From, it, unless you go that direction. Even, we did two weeks from different summers in Cape Tormentine, which I guess is, like, I don't know if that's considered Acadian area of, yeah, because uh, you're south of the bridge, but, um, I would think so. But it's still, I don't know, it's just, like, we've been here 10 years, I think when you're from away... Um, and especially when you have kids, like, just exploring places is a lot more exciting. Are your and, kids in French immersion, or do they yeah. know any... Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. If you, like, went to Abuato Beach around, like, Kanazu, like, Acadian Day, like, I don't know. From my experience, like, Acadians will, like, welcome you. Like, they're excited to, like, share their culture. Yeah, no, I... We, it's, um... We've, we've had really good times in that direction. Okay. And I'm still, like, speaking of Moncton, like, I'm still, like, we're going to, Charlie has some basketball games in Moncton coming up. Mm. And, I mean, that's still, I like exploring there. Mm. So, I mean, there's lots of fun. How long did you want this to go? And did you, like, did you want to talk about well, politics? Like, so now about politics. Or? Well, we didn't have set questions. We knew that, like, what type of guy you were like. We just sat down um, and started talking. But going off of Moncton, did you hear about what happened in Moncton? I think last night with the French immersion. No, no, but I, I would imagine like are the open houses starting? Yeah. yeah. So over three hundred people showed up in yeah. Moncton, and they did not expect more than a hundred. Yeah, I yeah. And there were protests, and there were signs, and Logan and I were talking about how like essentially if we thought if that were to happen like out of the three cities they're going to in person it would be Moncton that that was happening in yeah so I, I guess an interesting test because it's coming here yeah soon right I don't know when that is but like um yeah it, it's this is this is fascinating and like Louis Legere uh resigning I mean there's they said it wasn't because of this but I mean Higgs you know, obviously shedding support in those areas and then shedding, like, you know, support within the party. Like, that. I think the big thing to watch will be, if, like, what Anglophone ministers end mm-hmm. up, if, if one of them starts speaking up. And then I don't know when the state of the province is. I think it's sometime soon. February the And that's 11th? when Blaine Higgs is going to, like, share his intent for the future? He had said that, but then he... I don't know. There was this back and forth. I'm trying to stay off Twitter... Mm-hmm. As much as yeah. possible. That's and like a poli sci student's like kryptonite. Is state like the kryptonite is Twitter? It's Twitter, at least for me. Like it breaks you down. I yeah, or yeah. like it takes too much of my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I should be doing other things. So, so one of my New Year's resolu- resolutions is like no social media during daylight. Oh. So do like a gremlins thing. Okay. Because remember, gremlins I think couldn't eat at night. Is this an 80s reference? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Over my my head, too. Oh, one over Logan's head, too. Usually it only goes over mine. Before my time. Um, Yeah, no, it could be be a super interesting year. I don't know when the by-elections are because, you know, Susan Holt, speaking of Twitter, you know, if you're on social media in the New Brunswick political realm, I think it might seem like, oh, Susan Holt's everywhere, but we don't really, like, 
it's hard to say like how well known she is outside of like the you know the the, the circles of uh, New Brunswick politics. So, but I mean, her getting into le- the legislature and she was violence. pushing quite a bit on Twitter and like just social media for people to go to these like public opinion in person events. Well, and uh, it also sets up for them an opportunity to be like clearly opposed like something that's like easy to be like we are opposed to this change yeah i think so, like if it's something more ambiguous like we are opposed to how the government approaches climate change like that could be a lot of different things this is just like one clear policy mm-hmm. change like going back to fracking like yeah. when we had the election over fracking it was like it ended up being like you know the tories are for it the liberals are against it and then it kind of duked it out over that and normally they aren't clear referent. Like even if, you know, if it was over healthcare, both parties are going to say there's a problem. We need to do it better. There's a cri-. like no one's denying that there's a crisis. Yeah. Um, and and even if it gets into things like what's going on in Ontario, like say, Higgs's government looks to get private clinics more involved and stuff like that. Holt and the Liberals could say, you know, we are for public healthcare now, but it's still like the the French thing is so clear cut. Like, this is how it's taught now. We want to do it this way. It's almost like when there's... Because I know there was a heated public meeting in Rossay about building an apartment building. Like, issues like that are so clear. Because it's just like, don't build that building. Mm. That's, like, that's that's all that you need to think about. Yeah, you don't need to get into the nitty-gritty. Which Um, is easy for, like, everyday people in the quad, as, like, you would like to say. (laughs) We always say that in class for the listeners at home. <laughs> you know, it's if this quad thing catches on, it would be great if the department, I don't know if we have this kind of discretionary cash, mm-hmm. but to hand out hacky sacks to Ooh, graduates. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how like many hacky sacks you have to buy for it to be a good deal that would have like a personalized like, mm-hmm. hey, politics grad, you, you did it or something like that. Um, which I think would kind of like kind of goes against the message about our people in the quad. Mm. So like I'm, we always say, the people in the quad are like kind of like sometimes as poli sci students we have to be like okay, but does every like do people that aren't into poli sci care like what are what is the opinions of people who aren't like studying this every single day? Yeah, it's a snobby. We're being snobs. Yeah, we're being but, snobs. Yeah, but I'm trying to uh, give political science students some like yeah. I can think this way. I know more. Yeah. Not Don't be a know-it-all. Yeah. Um, but, like, explain in a nice way. I like to do that. Like, I remember when everything was going down with, like, the UK prime ministers and, like, the three that were held office in 2022, like, I explained, like, what responsible government was. Yeah. Like, you can have a PM without having an election. Like, that was a great opportunity because people were like, what the heck is going on? Why did Liz Truss... Like, why did a piece of lettuce outlive her PM ship? <laughs> All that, like, the skills of, and, and again, it's part of it's, like, teaching long classes, like, drawing, like, making a bit of a distraction yeah. to the to the content. Uh, like, social skills, you know, you're at a visitation for your great aunt, and your cousin pulls in with a big truck and has an F.U. Trudeau sticker on the back, and he immediately says, you like, you take politics. At and, a liberal university? <laughs> yeah. And you can, and you can, how do you, like, defuse the situation? And as I've said, you could be like, well, uh, you know, Jimmy, uh, Trudeau is 
you know, a lot of people might say he's a dictator, but people have said that about other prime ministers. Mm -hmm. Like, make it so boring and dry. Yeah, that they're like, okay, like, I don't want to deal with this. I'll go to the other end of the table and eat, like, this jello Aunt May brought. Yeah, yeah. If you get in the wrong hot tub at the aquatic center, because there's two... I thought you were going to say at the Freedom Convoy. <laughs> no, but if someone has turned it into a Freedom Convoy okay. and you start talking, you can say, like, no, that letter to the Senate was interesting, but you should have addressed the letter to the Governor General, mm -hmm. because the Governor General, in theory, can dismiss the Prime Minister at any time, even though it won't happen. But... Um, so I've actually taken these practices into real life because I, this is really funny, at the Y I take like Aquafit classes with a bunch of senior citizens yeah. and they love talking about politics and every time we're like doing like push-ups against the wall or like on the noodle, they're like, so what's happening with Justin Trudeau <laughs> and COVID regulations? Yeah, so it, it works. That's great talks on the noodle. I also, so I don't go to the Y, I go to the Aquatic Center, and I find sometimes I, eh, it's not too much, but there's a few, and there's, they, well, my dad goes. My mm -hmm. dad is in his 70s and swims a lot, and he's friends with everyone, so he talks about me, so then some people think they're friends with me, and usually I'm just kind of in a rut. Like, I just, I don't hang out in men's locker rooms yeah. in general. Well, you're not, like, retired, you have a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it's just a place I'm kind of like, you know, get changed and move along. Yeah, it is I, kind of weird when everyone's, like, wrapped in a towel, and they're like, so how's your son? Mind you, the at the Aquatic Center, and I don't know if your listeners know this, like, there's the change rooms that you go down the stairs to that the public's used to, there's nicer ones that members pay more for. Yeah, there's one like that at the Y. You need a code like, to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually, I remember, like, the the thing that used to blow our minds as, un so this is back in Kitchener-Waterloo. We would go to the Waterloo Y when we were undergrads, and there was, a, so I think there's just one change room, but there was a couch and a TV, which seemed like pretty fancy for a change room. But... As you can imagine, older dudes are just like, whatever, just hanging out nude on the couch watching TV. Which <laughs> <laughs> was like, you know, that's a move, right? Like, the, that's a certain vibe. Um, but, sorry, getting back to talking to, to people about politics in public. Yeah. Um, don't do de -escalate, it escalate No, but I think, de <laughs> like, de yeah, don't do it nude. But de-escalating or just feeling comfortable talking about politics with, with maybe... You know how people will say, like, oh, I don't like talking about politics, or you worry about... Well, I start, we started this conversation with me saying I'm conflict-averse. Like, mm. sometimes, like, ah... Uh, Especially, like, COVID, post-COVID. Yeah, and you know how people are kind of entering the conversation. Yeah. Like, uh, like what's Judo doing that? Like, and... Um, I always say something very interesting. Like, as a poli-sci student, when people are like, oh, what are you taking in university? If I was to be like, oh, I'm taking bio, they're not going to be like, here's a really controversial take on how the stem cell works. Yeah. Or like, I'm in English, here's a really controversial take on Shakespeare. Like, nobody does, like, it's a very unique program in that sense, because people ask you all the time, like, oh, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm a university student taking poli-sci. And they're like, boom. Here's a really big drop, a really intense take on something. When I say, you know, I teach politics, Canadian politics, everyone always says, like, oh, that must be interesting these days. But it's funny because, like, at you any time. You can say that, yeah, literally any time. They'll say it at any time. Um, and some people will talk. Like, it's fun. Like, I don't know. I, I honestly find, I don't know if it's because it's just, like, nastier now. And I think learning from following Trump that because initially that was like, wow, this is wild. Mm -hmm. And getting sucked into the 
to the news, and then it started to become real. And like, oh, this is like the dog caught the car or whatever that metaphor is. Yeah. Um, so I don't follow politics nearly as closely as I like. I keep I I, I, follow, I read the politics? news, all of it. I just like I don't know. It's not. I think too like the horse race actually you could argue are we all how are we for time we're doing great okay do you have any way to be no we're good then out of the time of my life let's just keep talking until what time what time is it it's uh, 10.52 oh yeah we haven't been talking that long um all the time in the world what was I saying following politics you, you could argue that, like, if you're just into what people describe as the horse race of politics, like, just the polls, it's kind of boring. Yeah. Like, they haven't moved. Yeah. Federally. And you, and when I, like, I was even showing the most recent, Abacus is a pretty popular dating firm, and their aggregated polls over the last, say, 18 months. And it's kind of wild that they, they, like, sure, the Tories are up, and you'll see, like, people do see projections, and, like, maybe if the things fell right for the conservatives in Ontario they win a majority but considering everything that's happened like there isn't a ton of movement like a lot of polls are within the margin of error Hmm. and getting back to like I don't know what it was last election 33-31 for the Tories but they have to win they need to win Ontario by I think like 10 points Um, and I actually so speaking of following politics like normally like I love Chantal Hebert Mm. Uh, she's probably my favorite columnist to read. And uh, I didn't even read, like, I guess she had a big article last week about Polyev and how Quebecers don't like him. And I, I, I didn't even read it. Oh, my gosh, really? I feel like that's really funny because as someone that's way too into poli like, my parents will be like, you need to take a step back. <laughs> like, they're like, why? Like, because, like, I'm in poli like, all day classes. It's, yeah. like, basically the only courses that I take. And then it's, like, oh, like, I go home, I watch the news. Like, that, the news is on for, like, two hours a day. And then, like, I wake up and I listen to the news. I listen to audiobooks before I go to sleep. But you just like, Paul, I mean, so going through grad school, um, I met, like, maybe you find you aren't meeting classmates like that now who yeah. got into it. But, like, in grad school, there are a lot of people who are just politics nerds. Like, yeah. Uh, you'd go out for beers and you'd talk about what was going on. Yeah. Like the politics of the day. That news, sounds fun. News would happen and you would talk about it before class. I mean, it also, like, I work for the, like, I run a newspaper, so, like, yeah. I have to keep up to date on. So. Yeah, but I don't think, I mean, I guess it's good to diversify your hobbies. But, um, I mean, you can follow politics for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's not a sport. It's not, like, in terms of, like, how long can I play uh, pickup basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other – I don't know. Like, it's not the word – like, as long as you can stomach it, I really mm-hmm. – I think that's the thing. Like, because sometimes – I mean, just, look, I am thankful because it's, like, what I like is not – like – horrible horrible things don't happen to people every day like i'm not into international politics where like it's literally life and death like i'm like oh my gosh this is crazy like a freedom convoy has arrived in ottawa whereas like logan who studies like international politics like there are like hardcore like things on the line like i think there's a difference between that like when you have to draw like i remember when i took a couple ir classes i was like 
oh my gosh, like I can't stop thinking about this. This makes me feel so bad. Like, what can I do about it? Yeah. Like, I feel like if I was consuming news and politics like that as much as I do with Canadian politics, like, that would be a bad state to be I in. Think, I think, too, like, if you're partisan, it, it how much you wear that on your sleeve. Yeah. Um, which is, there's nothing wrong with being partisan. But I do think, like, a certain level of public partisanship if you don't pick your spots, can be a bit grating. Yeah. Or, like, maybe boring. Yeah. Because, you know, say your friend wants to talk to you about politics, they know exactly what you're going to... Like, they could have... They could script the conversation. Yeah. Um, so I think that for... If you're looking for a long-lasting relationship with politics and, and following it, I think... Like, I, like I, when I was your age, I would consider myself... I don't consider myself really partisan at all now. I'm not saying that because, like, people like to say, like, oh, I'm not. Yeah. But um, I was definitely into a party and volunteered for a party mm. um, when I was 20 um, and cared about... But the you know what it made... In terms of a follow of politics, I was really not in tune with the policy. Mm-hmm. Like, I just cared about the policy. Like, just, like, yeah. who's doing what, whatever. Which is kind of a, like, shallow view of what's happening um so but having said all that like i think it's great when students get involved in partisan politics i think because we are in a smaller province you know as i've said before i won't name it here uh like certain parties like you could be their candidate yep like logan knows about that (laughs) if if you want to be you can be their candidate and but for the competitive parties i mean you could play a big role. You could go and, and be very active on a campaign. Yeah, like students from UMB have been. Like I have a former students. student who's a, I don't know his exact title now, but a you know chief of staff or whatever, lead executive assistant to yeah. a minister. And um, so it's very it's very doable. Even though I think sometimes students might think, like especially if you like federal politics, like oh I got it, which uh, yeah you would have to go to Ottawa to really get in the game. But for provincial politics, I would say, like, if you're interested, there's lots of opportunity. And a party would not be wise to, like, turn down young people who are like, yeah, I'm enthusiastic. I want to help in whatever way. Um, So speaking of, like, I realize I'm in a class with Dr. Jeffrey right now, politics of prostitution. Yeah. And I literally said in my reflection the other day, I was like, wow, real people are involved in this. Like, like as weird as that sounds, because, like, constitutional politics, like, I'm like, oh, okay, like, Rene Levesque, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, like, this happened before, like, here's what we're doing now, like, the Alberta Sovereignty Act, like, that's different from, like, oh, yeah, like, these are real people, and they're, like, telling me their stories. Like, I have to, like, kind of, like, that class really challenges me in that way because I started moving towards like Canadian politics where like I don't have to think as much like that yeah I think that the one of the, definitely a critique I would say about how I teach and just like coming from Canadian political institutions is sometimes you forget politics is personal like the personal yeah. politics and that it's great to have classes like that that deal with more of the policy level yeah and that there are you know people involved that's why like sometimes I might lean a bit too heavy on film in class but I think especially when we were watching that documentary last semester about Burnt Church, yeah. like that really brings home if the, if this if the stuff is sticking like that the theoretical level like the roles of the different institutions and then you get to actually see people talking about what they're going through in a in a crisis, um, then it it really well I mean 
It's that was like, the one that Kevin Vickers just randomly popped into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it became his claim to fame. Well, Before Kevin. he was the uh, I didn't know that, and I was like, whoa, why is Kevin Vickers on the street? Yeah. And, and it, it's, well, it's just like how politics breaks through the news. Yeah. Right? Like, when it, the, like, the story of the, I think the woman who's 37 years old passing away in the ER in Nova yeah. Scotia. Like, that really vaulted. I mean, there had been news for weeks about issues in emergency rooms. And, but I think that seemed to capture, you know, the, everyone's attention. So it's yeah. like, kind of like unmarked graves. Yeah. Uh, with residential schools. I mean, the story of residential schools is not new mm-hmm. at all. But that seemed to like, well, if you just look at things that it turned on its head, like suddenly Canada Day celebrations yeah. were being canceled. Like, so I think it's when there's those personal moments when it's sometimes you're not, you don't know where they're going to come from and how it's going, like, you know, what happens if Tom Hanks doesn't get COVID? That's it. Yeah. Or the NBA shutting. Like, it was such a... The NBA shutting down, you always use I know that as been, an example. But it was such a visual. You saw, even if you weren't a sports fan, you saw, like, oh, there's a case. You saw them canceling the mid-game. Mine was and, Sophie Trudeau. Okay. Yeah. I don't even... I, I remember when... Yeah, it's a, some of that's a fog of, like, who got yeah. COVID when. Um, but uh, but you're right. So getting back to classes, like that's why it's great. It's like some of the courses we offer here. Well, um, not to like crap on the department, but I was really sad that the Indigenous Governance class yeah, was it's, canceled. Yeah, it's tough that. Um, you know, I mean, obviously that's like a, a numbers threshold. thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's unfortunate because I mean, especially a course like that, like that's. Those are coming out of... I mean, we should have been teaching them anyways without the TRC, but that's coming out of yeah. no calls to action. It's that's why really, I took it. And I mean... Or I wanted to take yeah, it. Yeah, no, and I, and I mean, even there, like... Uh, it's a place where maybe a case could be made that, like, should there be a threshold in place? Or even in the opposite direction, is making courses like that mandatory for every UMBSJ student. Yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a whole other... Interesting point. Interesting point I could take to someone. You could take that to someone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I think not to pitch. I mean, I guess we're in the Baron room. I can pitch story ideas. Mm. But just seeing, like, where the university curriculum has gone since the calls of action came to be yeah. or made public uh, and see if the university, how the university is acting on them. And if Do you ever read through. the Baron stuff? You can lie or you can be honest. <laughs> I have read the I have read the Baron. I don't keep up with it. Okay, that's um, understandable. I did. I used to. Um, I wrote for my undergrad paper at Waterloo. It's oh. <laughs> the worst stuff. They were. All I, all I wanted to write was music reviews. Really? Really? But Nothing I, about I, politics. Like I'll write music reviews for the Baron now. Stop. No, I'm totally serious. Okay. I don't know if I can write for the Baron, but like. We can collab. I would love that. Okay. Love it. On anything. I don't mean just the music I like. I'll any any. Any album. I'll okay, university newspapers are so funky and weird like that. Like, you can... I don't want to say you can publish anything, but, like, you kind of can. Like, it's crazy how diverse universities... Does the Baron review music right now? No, but we can. Oh, but I think it should... I, like, to me, like, when it I... It honestly depends on, like, who comes to... Sorry I'm, like, plugging the Baron on this podcast episode, but, like, 
Um, it kind of just depends who comes. Like, there's been times in the past where, like, somebody wrote here for, like, three years and was really interested in stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it kind of depends on who comes. What? It's kind of weird, too, because, like, a lot of university, um, a lot of universities have journalism programs, and we don't, so it's, like, a very diverse group of people that come here. Yeah, because the Stu, I assume Stu has its own paper separate of the UMB Fredericton paper. Yeah, the yeah. Aquinian, yeah. Okay, And yeah. they're mostly journalism students. Okay, yeah, that sounds familiar, because a lot of the young journalists in the province wrote came, there, right? Yeah, they came from Stu. Like, yeah. the guy that reports for the CBC in St. John, if, or the CTV, if you know who that is, I don't know his name, he was from the Aquinian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was going to... Oh, yeah. That was one of the main reasons why I would pick up the our University of Waterloo paper. It's called The Imprint. Oh, that's a good name. I, I wrote um, I wrote a science column, even though just because I wanted to write anything. That's amazing. Even though I didn't know anything about science. And I used to draw a lot from this book that is still one of my favorite books. You can sometimes find them in bargain bins. It's an orange cover, and it's called The Book of Lists. Oh. And all it is is lists. Like, of uh, literally anything? Anything. Like, it's the chapters are like people, food, sports, music. Oh. But it is awesome. And, like, like, I think I wrote an article about bad inventions. And, uh, and the headline was something like, what's so bad about Velcro shoes? Like, that was the stuff I was writing. <laughs> What did you, before you came to university, like, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? A baseball player. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. What about you, Logan? I don't know. You don't know? Probably a lobster fisherman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what about you? I wanted to be, this is really weird, I really wanted to be a, CPS, a CBSA officer, like, a border security officer. Like did, I was, did you watch Border Wars a lot? Heck yeah. yeah. Like, I was obsessed with it as a kid. There's still time. I know, but I love poli sci. But, but you're kind of in the thick of it. Yeah. Just go work in an office in Ottawa for the CBSA. You're bilingual. Yeah. So you got that. Ooh, guys, career advice on the podcast. <laughs> screw, screw a master's program. Go work in law enforcement. I also was convinced when I came here for my first year that I was going to go into law, like, straight after. I, yeah, I think law, I thought law, like, I, I mean, once I knew I was not going to play for the Blue Jays, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, law, like, I think I always thought I was going to be in school for a while. Yeah. Because I liked school and I liked politics and I did and it's partially like I don't really, I didn't really know what to do. My dad was a phys ed teacher. Uh, my mom was a hairdresser. A lot of my friends were teachers. I liked the idea of teaching, but I was never, even though I met my wife at a Y camp, like working at a Y camp, like I don't, I like children I know. I'm not into strange children, if that makes any sense. Like, you know how some people would just be like, I don't like kids? Yeah. And they're just like, even if it's like their nephew, they're uh, like, you know, I really have to work. Okay. Like, I like my friends' kids. I like my niece and nephews. Um, but I'm not... Yeah, so that, anyways, because a lot of my, like... You were most like, of my friends growing up were like, we're probably going to be, like, primary or junior high teachers. Mm-hmm. And so... And then high school teaching, I don't know, like... The discipline side of it just seems... The, um, yeah, and then I like... And then I... So... And, and early on, like, when I was a teenager, I definitely thought, like, oh, I'm going to be a politician. 
But I, I did find, too. I, I thought I would the, go into law and then go into the, politics. The more you like, there's no. I think it'd be fascinating to to be a, but like that idea of, that should, that's not a reason you should enter politics. Yep. <laughs> and also, if that's my whole thing, like I'm at a point where maybe I could find a way to just job shadow a politician to see yeah. it. You know what I mean? And like and that's like actually, that dream you had well, where you were like the liberal prime minister of Canada. Yeah, yeah. That I mean and that's like a Kelly Vladuke at um not a dream like he dreamt it. Like yeah. he he like fell asleep and had yeah, that yeah, dream. Yeah, yeah. Um I didn't I, want I, people to think that that was like your ambition in No life. no no it's fine. But <laughs> there's like observant research, right? Like yeah. when you go follow a politician yeah. on the campaign trail or in the constituency office, and that's how you collect data. Um, so, actually, no. You know what? Like now, it wouldn't be being the poli- like. It would be fascinating to be like Louis, like the the guy who just left Higgs's office. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you, you're in the thick of it all the time, but nobody really knows who you are. I mean, the fact that so many people know who's... And he's not even there anymore, Gerald Butts. Yeah. So for the audience, like Trudeau's former... I don't know what his... Katie Telford and her and, and him were the main advisors. Maybe his chief of staff, I don't know. But, like, that would be incredible. Because think it like, you are... You're kind of experiencing everything that the Prime Minister or the Premier is. Yeah. But you're not, like... If you follow Kate... I follow Katie Telford on Instagram... And, like, just the things she... Po- I know, I'm just weird like that. Um, everything that she posts, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, nobody knows who she is. Like, how funny is that? So she came to... Spe- this was 2018. She came to Canadian Political Science Association conference to yeah. give a talk. And it was fascinating because I remember sitting in the audience. So we were in a lecture hall. It was at University of Regina. And she was on her phone. And I think it was right around, like, Trump was president. And it was around the time of the renegotiating the trade deal. Yeah. And it's just like thinking like, she's sending the most important emails, right? Or whatever. Right before like putting it down and doing a and a yeah. with a bunch of political scientists. And it was so neat to just see that like, so yeah, I guess it's not like, like my fascination isn't about actually being that. In yeah. No, people, I totally understand. But being close and just because, just being curious of of what goes on. Yeah, Dr. Everett in our public policy class the other day was talking about, like, young staffers, like, nonpartisan staffers on the Hill, just, like, advising, like, ministers, and she was like, and they work, like, 24-7, they always have their phone on them. I was like, that sounds like my dream. <laughs> yeah, no, and, 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 and I remember, because I went, I did my PhD at Carleton and lived in Ottawa for four years. Yeah. And, yeah, those people came across their paths, and it was interesting, and some were super partisan and a tough hang. Yeah. Um, because it, yeah, uh, depending on what party they were from. Um, so no, I, if you if you're really into Canadian politics, you need to live in Ottawa. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, and I think it's not only the opportunities, whether it's some of like the internships and things like that, or getting a staffer job, but just all the events that are going that are just right there. Um, if you know, when, I mean, obviously COVID changed things. You can hop Harvard, in the hot tub next time they show Hop in the hot Which, for the audience, if you don't know Ottawa well, like, where that was going on after 5 p.m. is so sleepy. Mm. Like, it is the deadest, um, not 
I wouldn't say I'm like an expert of downtowns in Canada, but I've been to all the big cities and like it, it, it normally is so dead. Um, it's at the top, it's at the north end, uh, like that intersection where the war memorial is and stuff is at the top of a very busy street, like a very active, like bars and stores and everything. But, um, and that's where I lived for the first couple of years. Speaking of hot tubs, there was a bar <laughs> across the street from my apartment that had a hot tub out front. Whoa. Like you would just like... I, I never ended up in the hot tub. If, um... Oh, what's the poutine place called? There's... Why well, it's escaping me now. There's a really well-known restaurant at Elgin and Gladstone. And beside it was a bar, which has... We would always get four cheese poutine. They had all these different poutines. It's very funny. You can tell you're not from Atlantic Canada because you say poutine. Instead of poutine? Yeah. Um, what do you say, Logan? Both. Do you but say both? Okay. Depending on how fast I'm talking or context. Um, anyways, that, that, like, but that part where all those trucks were parked, like, it's, that's normally really dead. Like that, because that's Wellington, right? Like, and then that go, turns into Rideau. So if again, if you've been to Ottawa, like down at the Rideau Center and Chateau Laurier. I have a funny story that goes back to Acadians and Putin. Okay. Really weird story. Okay, um, Acadians, like before Putin became like a very like national thing in Canada, it was like mostly in Quebec, right? And like how my dad grew up, like he was Acadian. Like a Putin is like a Putin rabe which is very different from, like, fries, uh, cheese right, curds, and gravy. Yeah. Do you know what it is? No. Okay, so <laughs> this is super weird. You shred a potato after peeling it. Okay. okay. You, like, put it in a cheesecloth and, like, get all the liquid out of it. Yeah. And then you use minced meat, and you cook it, and essentially you wrap all of this, like, shredded potato around it, and you boil it for, like, 48 hours. Whoa. It looks like a soggy wet sock. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Is it good? It's good if you grew up with it, and it's really weird because people put, like, molasses on it, people put mayo on it, but the first time my dad and my grandparents went to Quebec, they asked for a poutine, and they brought this, like, cheese curd and gravy thing, and they were like, what is this? Yeah. I'm trying, yeah, there's got to be other, like, have you had Jig's Dinner from Newfoundland, Labrador? No. Oh, because speaking of, like, I, it But it sounds funny. Food. It's really salty. The time I had it, the person who was making it was pretty drunk. Okay. Um, so I think he put way too much salt in it because mm. it's like hard. To, hard it's like kind of like a stew. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, if you're looking to try new foods, like at Kanzu, if you go over to like eastern or northern New Brunswick, they'll okay. have good food. Yeah, we. I mean, that's the part. The kids are old enough now that longer, and they've got new iPads this Christmas. So longer drives mm, are much more. Kids accessible um, for us. The first time I was ever on a plane was flying out to Bathurst in uh, grade 12 or always, it was grade 13, there was grade 13 in Ontario. Oh my gosh, uh, for really? a leaders, It was a Canadian Student Leadership Conference and it was held in Bathurst in like 1997 or 96. Of all of Canada, it's just Bathurst? There was still stuff in Bathurst in the 90s. I don't... My memories are bad. Like, I remember loving it. Like, it was so exciting. Mm. Um... But I ha we have not been to the part. Went up to the Miramichi, went bass fishing with my dad and my buddy and his dad a few years ago. And that was an experience. Yeah. Because my dad's really into fishing. I'm like, I'll go for 
like out and about or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm not. But it was like, it was incredible because you basically caught a fish, hit, got a bite every cast. Um, wow. But then I thought we were going to die on the ride back because the water was like 55 degrees. Have you ever been tubing in Miramichi? No, but I've, I've done tubing. And again, this is like not fast tubing, like lazy river tubing. Okay. Um, yeah, this is also in Miramichi. Okay. It's lazy river. So we've been, Your kids would like it. So I still see it as an adult activity. Um, that makes sense. Because uh, <laughs> you you drink while, like... Yeah, you get a little, like, um, well, extra floaty for your cooler. Well, that was the fun. So we did... Um, so buddies from Ontario have come, like, I think three different summers and have done the Nash Walk up outside of Fredericton. Oh, yeah. And I remember the first time I called there and I was, I was trying to be... Um, a bit coy about like whether or not you can drink on the river yeah. <laughs> and I was like hey sorry I'm for the audience I have a phone up to my a fake phone like my hand <laughs> and I was like uh so what's your uh, what's your policy on cans and uh liquid and they're like right away she's like oh you just ran a tube for your cooler yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so yeah, on it and on it yeah and on, it like attaches to your other like the tube you're sitting we in. If we want to, because we've probably been talking an hour, right? Yeah. You don't want this to go on. <laughs> I really don't. I can turn the two episodes if okay. need be. Why don't we, because we all have things to do. I have a story. I have, I have some advice to end on. Okay. Um, you okay. Did you have any other pressing questions? Or are we okay? Do you want to talk about Daniel Smith in Alberta? Do you want to talk about Daniel Do Smith? Do we want to talk about Daniel Smith? <laughs> fair point, JP. Fair point. She could be out of our memories within months, right? Do you think she'll be out of our memories? Of I don't know, but I would encourage. That's where let's plug the. I don't know, like the Rit, that podcast. Yeah, that we're really good class. podcast. Like it can be tough to find. Like I find, like in terms of Canadian political podcasts. Well, there's a new one with uh, Matteo. Uh, they're from. They, they did well in Jeopardy, right? The Backbench. That's on. Um, oh, they're doing a podcast. Yeah, that's on Candleland, I think. Interesting. So. I don't know how, because I think with the, like, say if you want to get into the weeds with Daniel Smith and if she's going to win, you need to find a podcast that really focuses on the electoral, like, yeah. the campaign. I bet you, know Alberta's not big enough. There's probably, I bet you there's an Alberta-specific politics one. Mm. Because I find, like, in terms of Canadian pod, like, the Hurley Burley, do you know that one? No. Um, like, they're more federal, like, they would, um, but that definitely seems like the type of race. The Hurley Burley did a dedicated... Like, during the federal campaign, they do an episode every morning. They also did that for the Ontario campaign. Mm. And the Ontario campaign was really boring. So, because we what knew it, How did win. they describe... How did that speaker in our class last semester describe... Watching the, paint dry? Yeah, the but, liberal leader yeah. in oh, Ontario. Oh, the mayor Del Duca. Yeah. Um, do I... I don't know. Like, so the thing... Well, the yeah, thing, our chairs are really bad. No, in this I, I, this is bringing back memory. I sat my whole PhD, like I wrote a thesis in the chair like this. Really? But that's exciting when it just suddenly goes down. Yeah. You're, it's like a secret roller coaster. I've seen people like hold cups of coffee, and I'm like, you have to be careful because yeah, like then, they lean back, and I'm like, no, that'd be so bad. Um. So, a great thing about like moving to a new province, like New Brunswick and then get like slowly learning the electoral map mm-hmm. is that you realize how much you need to know what's going on in, on the ground yeah right like and i know it's a thing to be like oh well these are the bellwether ridings or these are the ridings to watch 
Um, but that's like Alberta. You know what I mean? Like the discussion, because I don't think I've listened to their Alberta specific discussion yet, but I listened to one. They had that over under. I don't know if you listened to that one. Yeah. About the writ. And they're just talking about like, oh, how many seats would the NDP win in on Edmonton? Um, and just dynamics like that are pretty fat. And you real, it's just like, you know, if if you want to get, if you want to diffuse a partisan conversation about Polyev, right? Like if someone's like, oh, is Polyev going to be prime minister? You can get right into, well, you know, he could, they could win the popular vote and still not win enough seats. They're going to need to win Ontario popular vote by 10 points to get the seats in Quebec, you know, if you can get to Harper's number of seats around. Like, you know what I mean? You can make it pretty dry, like, away from any emotion. Yeah. And just looking at, well, this is the way or even, like, what I like to say, So, if I don't feel like, uh, this makes it sound like all these people are coming up to me wanting to talk about politics, which is not true. But say if I just want a quick out, maybe I'm at the dog park and Betty and I need to go. And someone's like, at the end of our conversation, we get to the point of, like, not just talking through our dogs, but, like, mm-hmm. talking as two human beings. And they'll say, like, what do you do? And I'll say, like, oh, I teach politics at the university. And they're like, oh, what, do you think Polyev's going to be prime minister? And sometimes you don't know if it's, like, they're asking that and they want it. They mm-hmm. really want it or they really don't want it. And my can't answer now is, well, you know, it's really difficult for governments to survive this long. And then I'll be like, bet it! And then we're in. And I'm not trying to make it dismissive, but like, who knows what you're walking into with with that? So Betty if, really saves you in a lot of aspects. That you know, you don't realize how uh, even dogs who are not official therapy dogs mm-hmm. that they can act in a therapeutic manner. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, I was in a meeting and I was like, kind of just grinding my gears. And I realized Betty was at my side, and I just started rubbing her very soft ears. I didn't mean to rhyme there. And it was... She just, like, knew you needed... She, yeah. 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 Um, okay, so I have no... I don't know. Because <laughs> we have three elections this year. Yeah. Uh, Alberta, Manitoba. Manitoba, it sounds like it's Wab Canoes to, to lose. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. the NDP leader, which, so that'll be interesting to watch. Have an indigenous premier uh, in, in Manitoba, um, and I don't know much about Heather Stephenson. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we'll see more of her as like there's more. If you're outside of the province, it's like more coverage of the campaign. Alberta, Manitoba, and Prince Edward Island, which we are close to, and we'll get to kind of see um, Denny King, which I found out that's how his Don Desrud, who is the old me. Yeah. Like, who's the teacher now? He teaches at UPI. We met, we had And him. we had him into class, yeah. right? And remember, he thought he described, he said, he corrected us on, I don't know if any of us already knew that, that he goes by Denny, not Dennis, which I had thought. He said that, right? Oh, Denny, like you don't pronounce the S on it? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that, do you get, So French. Yeah. I do remember that. I feel like, anyway, so he's. That was that a lot. really funny class because I don't think that the, because like all of the other weeks that we had had um speakers it was just them like just the speaker but we like merged with another class and like the other class it was really funny because we were all talking about provincial like in pei 
And then you had asked, like, oh, do you have any questions about, like, New Brunswick that, like, I can answer, the students can answer? And they were like, no. Because <laughs> it was like, I don't, but I don't think you knew, because I remember you asking, like, what exactly is this class? And they were like, it's the politics of Prince Edward Island or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they weren't examining every province like yeah, we yeah. were, so they were like, we don't really care about New Brunswick. Yeah, we're the buffet. Yeah. Um, it was also funny because we went from, like, a Teams meeting, and then we had to switch platforms into Zoom. Oh, yeah, And yeah. I was, like, so confused by yeah. that. No, that was good. Uh, Don's wonderful. Um, so those elections are more exciting than the ones we had last year. Hmm. Ontario and Quebec, were those the only ones? Were, I think Was there so. a territorial election? Oh, that's <laughs> bad. I don't pay uh, attention to um, that. UConn, maybe? I don't remember. But those elections were super boring. Yeah. Um, Especially Quebec. If... if Sorry, that's not to be dismissive of, like, the important topics that... I, I'm talking about the horse race. Like, just like, yeah. oh, we don't know who's going to win. There was like, no there's, drama. There, there's no drama yeah. electorally at all. Doug at Ford all. was going to win, and Francois Lachaud was going to win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so these ones are... So, yeah, they, if you're an electoral watcher, election watcher, funnier. Yeah. I feel like PEI would be the most interesting. Such a small province with such few voters. The Greens could form government for all we know. Yeah, and, and an emergent Green Party. Um, and, and, you know, like, I'm sure there's healthcare horror stories on the island as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that becoming the key issue. So, so I'll end on this advice. I'll get back to the advice yeah. I was going to end on. Getting back to the Nashwalk, this took us a couple, a couple summers to realize. So you're out on the river and you have your tubes and you have your cooler tube, but obviously you're producing a lot of waste, right? Like garbage. Like kids you like, Yeah, like, like what cans. do you yeah. um, maybe you brought out some snacks. I remember the one year that you could like pull over to the shore and there was like someone selling hot dogs. Oh my gosh. Um so the last time we did it, we made a garbage barge. So we bought a <laughs> children's pool and put it in the middle of all the tubes and then we are all connected around the garbage barge. Okay. But the crazy thing that happened is that there was like teen, like it seemed underage, like like just in the river around, and they saw like these like forty year old dudes drinking, and suddenly like they were hopping in the in the garbage barge. I think trying to get like get some some booze. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Like it was almost like I don't know if that's a scene in Star Wars. Sorry for you don't know yeah. Is that a scene? You know, I I don't never. I don't watch Star Wars. I'm I think there's a garbage scene because um. Luke, well, you guys won't be able to answer this. Because <laughs> they get stuck in a compactor, and there's a big oh. worm in it. Sorry, I'm not saying teenagers are worms. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's one thing to... That's funny, because you opened our class on Tuesday by, like, what's your name, what's your major, and give us a piece of advice. And I thought that was going to be, like, on, like, how to succeed. And it was just, like... Literally random advice. Well, I said recommendations. Recommendations. Because I didn't want it, because I was thinking, like, I, I don't love those icebreaker things, but I actually enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, it and was were, so random, but so funny. There were students funny. who I'd never heard speak. Yeah. So I think, and especially since I'm, like, we're going to be doing participation marks, like, that's a good way to just start. Mm -hmm. And I know it's tough. I understand it's a challenge. Like, people are introverts. It can be intimidating. Um, you know, some students obviously like are way more into politics than other yeah. students. Oh my gosh! Uh, and and so, um, so yeah. But I think it's an important thing to to have. Like it, it, it would, 
like in hindsight, it's like kind of weird to think like, oh, I'm in some of your university class and the instructor doesn't require me to speak. Yeah. So. Last semester, somebody asked me, like they were taking the party politics class and they asked me to give them like a news snippet so that they could like impress oh. you. Like when you say like, so what's new on Canadian politics at the beginning of every class? It was very funny. That's good. Yeah. So you become a resource to your other students. Like. Yeah. And like a lot of them, like um, that class had a lot of ed students. So like we worked a lot together on like the exam questions and stuff. So. That's good. Job well done. Excellent. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Emily. Thanks, Logan. No problem. This the, probably the funniest podcast episode we've done yet. Yeah, I liked it. No direction, just flow. Well, I liked how we didn't start it either. We just went for it. Was that fine? Yeah. Oh, that was great. Did you? St- I can't stop it because. Um, oh God. Her. I need her password. So oh, I'm go, go get Olivia. But well, I'm just going to do a little intro. Thanks, Logan. See you Tuesday. And this has been episode 13 of the Podcast. My name's Logan. Today, my co-host was Emily Ween, and the guest was J.P. Lewis, professor of Canadian politics here at the university. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Manifesto Podcast brought to you by the UNBSJ Politics Society. I'm your host, Logan Cook.